Walking with Jesus, serving with love, and sharing with courage. Welcome to the PCOM Daily Prayer Podcast. Welcome back to the PCOM Daily Prayer Podcast. This is Pastor Courtney. It is Wednesday, April 22nd, and I am so delighted to have a, an author friend with us this morning. Her name is Catherine McNeil. She has written two beautiful books, All Shall Be Well and Long Days of Small Things. She lives in West Chicago with her family, and one more reason to love her, she graduated from Wheaton College. Woo, woo. Catherine, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. What what kind of morning is it in Chicago? Is it as sunny as it is here? Uh, it is probably not as sunny as it is there, <laughs> but we are slowly, slowly making our way into spring. I know you guys really have to work for spring. Oh my gosh. So this year, especially. Yeah. It's, but you're I, not on fire in September like we that, are, so you... That is true. Touche. I posted on Facebook or something a few weeks ago that, you know, the way movies are being released early, I would love for spring to be released early, but no, no luck. <laughs> it was definitely a different feeling living through the Lenten season when I lived in Chicago and Wisconsin, because oh. the world feels like Lent. And in California, you wake mm -hmm. up at 70 and sunny and you're like, don't you know it's Lent? Like you need to, <laughs> you need to be cold and miserable. California hasn't yeah. gotten the memo. Yeah, I do. I do love the way the church calendar and the seasons that I live in very tangibly and tactically often line up. So that is yeah. something. I miss the seasons, but then I see the blizzards in November and I think, you know, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's a trade-off for sure. True. It snowed here twice last week. So yeah. <laughs> well, Catherine, you're a writer. And so how has your life changed in the past month? In a lot of ways, it hasn't changed that much. Um, my family and I and my extended family are all still healthy. Um, my husband and I are both still employed. And I used to work from home most of the time. I would go into an office once or twice a week. But the rest of the time, I was working from home. So all those things are still the same. Um, the thing that is different is that my husband also works from home. And my children are also working from home. So uh, it's very crowded in here. Um, I have a, a challenging time getting my work done. I love parenting and I love working. It's trying to do both in the exact same room at the exact same time that is getting to me. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, that's a, it's a problem of abundance. And I do remind myself of that. And I'm also still struggling. So I feel that, man. I feel that so deeply. I, I didn't realize that trying to combine two jobs that I usually feel pretty adept at, mm -hmm. when you try to do both at once, you're bad at both, right? Like you fail at both. You know? and so I've, I've had to bracket the day into these little chunks of, okay, focus pastor. Okay. Focus parent. Okay. Focus. And sometimes <laughs> they bleed into each other, but, and then at the end of the day, I'm like, why am I so tired? Like, oh, cause it was hat on, hat off, hat on, hat off for yes. 12, 15, 18 hours. Yeah, absolutely. It's next that is level. The truth. Mm -hmm. But I love your phrase that it's also, it's an abundance, right? Like to be, yes. I find in those moments that God is teaching me things about gratitude that 
I don't always want to learn, but are good lessons if I will receive them. Yes. I'd rather be quarantined with my kids and without them and definitely rather be employed than otherwise. Yes. Yes. Preach. That is, that is, there is lots of, lots of grace there. So Catherine, you write a lot in both of your books about trusting God in difficult seasons. Why does it feel so difficult to trust God when the future is uncertain? Mm. Because it's so uncertain right now. When does this end? We don't know. How does this end? We don't know. Where is God? It is very uncertain. We don't know. Uh, You know, I think about those party games where someone puts a blindfold on you and then turns you around a couple times and then sets you free to wander. (laughs) And uh, we do very badly. We think we are oriented and we're totally disoriented. We, we don't pin the tail on the donkey or we swing wildly and we don't hit the, the balloon that's hanging from the tree. Um, we're just not built to be able to walk forward confidently and successfully when we aren't being able to look around and see where we're at and where we're going and make plans. Um, we're just not wired to be able to wander in the dark, disoriented. Um, and yet, ironically, that is our actual situation. Even before this pandemic, I, I felt like I knew it was going to happen. But as we saw, um, all of our plans just crumbled and changed. And um, like a good friend of mine posted on Facebook, and I stole her picture, she posted a great big sign outside on her tree, and it said, 2020 did not turn out the way I hoped. <laughs> yeah. um, but God is always there. And that is what I keep coming back to in all the things that I write. That's what I'm looking for in the things that I read. Um, how do we find God in the dark? How do we find God in the wilderness? How do we find God in the middle of winter? How do we find God in the middle of the night? Um, and actually, I'm praying every day for my kids Years from now, I'm not, I'm not looking for the fruit to spring up today or tomorrow or next week or even next year, but decades from now, I pray that they'll look back on this time of uncertainty and anxiety and fear and confusion and loss and grief and say, that was the season where God planted everything in me that he has been nurturing ever since. And, I, and I'm confident that God does that. He has done that for me. Mm. The, the distant horizon, looking mm-hmm. for the fruit on the distant horizon and not in the moment, not in the right. day, in the week. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really good word. That's a really good reminder. I, I spent a lot of time with your book, All Shall Be Well, this summer. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was you write a lot about God in the cloud, mm-hmm. God being hidden. And that when the people of God couldn't see the next steps, it was this profound and difficult lesson of trust God anyway and take the next step anyway. And Mm -hmm. it really does feel like the, you know, end of February, beginning of March, this cloud has descended and we don't know what's next. And people are so desperate for answers, but there aren't clear answers and we don't know when there will be clear answers. So what has God been teaching you in the cloud? What, what does God teach us in the cloud that we can't learn any other way? Hmm. You know, I think, I think ironically, God teaches us how to see him and how to find him. Um, you know, 
six months ago, a year ago, I was very, very busy. I was making my plans. I was doing my thing. And I would hear this little voice in my head that would say, uh, don't, you know, don't forget, keep your eyes on God. Um, keep, keep the main thing, the main thing. But it was kind of easy to blow that off, you know, kind of easy to be like, yep, yep, totally. Absolutely. That is right. Let me just drop my kids off at school. You know, let me just run to that meeting. Um, I am probably busier now than I was then, but I no longer have the luxury of forgetting that I have to just fall on my face and cry out to God because I'm not going to make it through the day or the hour if I don't. And I think in these seasons of waiting, in these seasons of uncertainty, again, I'm not speaking, or rather, I am speaking from my own experience over having decades of seasons of waiting and wondering. Um, When I have had no choice but to kind of stubbornly, like a toddler, throw myself on the floor and say, God, I'm going to wait here until you show up. I have no other options. Um, that's, That's when my heart opens wide enough to see him. That's when my eyes stare long enough to see him. Um, Again, sometimes I don't feel it that day or that month or that year, but it's looking back that I realized that was where God met me. Hmm. That hindsight of Mm -hmm. realizing how present God was in times of crisis and times of trial is such a precious tool and gift Mm -hmm. in this season to look back and say, where has God been faithful before? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes my question is, okay, where has God let me down before? And I look back through my life and realize, okay, never. Okay, what could that (laughs) maybe teach me, right? In the moment of such uncertainty and, and worry and I love how you tie in that idea of God in the cloud to the story of the people of God leaving Egypt and Mm. there's the pillar of fire and there's the pillar of cloud. And the thing about the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud is you cannot see beyond it. It is right Right. in front of you and there's no like, let's just see. You can't, you can't peek, but there are such lessons in that. And um, I know you have a few excerpts from your book you're willing to share with us this morning, which I'm so excited. Hearing an author read their own book is really one of life's great joys. So um, <laughs> where where are you going to pull from and why have you chosen these selections for us this morning? Well, I am going to read from a chapter called Clouds, and then sub, the subtitle of the chapter is Faith, um, because it is about what we've been talking about. It's about... Um, God leading his people through the wilderness, which is not where we want to be led from. They didn't go right from slavery to the promised land. They wandered for a long time. Um, And all they could see was a cloud. And that was, on the one hand, a comfort because you always knew God was right there. But on the other hand, you didn't get any, anything more than that, just trust and obedience. And I feel that image has always ministered to me because I do, if I'm honest, I do see that God is in front of me. It's just that he's not answering any of my questions that irks me. So that's what I'll read. Awesome. You ready? I'm ready. All right. The Hebrew wanderers wake each morning, not at home as each one of them imagines in the seconds before, before consciousness, but on the ground again in the wilderness Panic threatens, never lagging far behind. Staring down terror becomes a daily tradition. Where are we? Will we die with our children in this endless wasteland? Their former life, as terrible as it was, at least offered predictability, certainty. Remember the warm fires back home? Remember the warm meals? 
Yes, but remember the slavery, the oppression, the death. Remember that first and foremost. So sure, salvation is wonderful. Liberation is what they hardly dare dream of. But for what, to what end? What good is it to die here in the wilderness? Lying on the hard ground in the moments before dawn, they stare upward where a fire hovers above them in the sky, blazing with light and warmth. Soon it will fade into a cloud, a cooling mist against the punishing heat of the desert sun. When it stops, they stop and go about the work of daily living underneath its strange presence, pitching camp directly beneath. This cloud is Yahweh, always, always evident in their midst. They are never, ever alone. Is this a comfort? Sometimes. The one who called them out remains visible, a wonder so great you wouldn't imagine there could be room left for doubt or fear. But doubt and fear remain in good measure, for this constant presence means constant surrender, perpetually giving up control. This state of unknowing calls for such courageous faith. They can do nothing but follow when the cloud moves forward, nothing but stop and wait when it rests. They have no choice at all, no information to discuss, no long-term plan to weigh and perfect over time, only waiting, trusting, obeying, or more likely, complaining, grumbling, and worrying. Only this mystery that demands surrender. Today, so many thousands of years and miles away, I love this story and this image. I love that during the Israelites' flight from suffering to salvation, which led not through lush countrysides flowing with milk and honey, but through the wilderness, the place of chaos and death, that God was present. They could see him. He persisted always before them, active and visible. He appeared to them as a cloud. But these ancient people received no overarching strategy. God did not point the way forward with a GPS map calling out where to go next. He did not offer glimpses of the big picture or step-by-step instructions outlining their progression from here to there. No, God gave his children the hard task of following him into the wilderness, then offered them the gift of his presence. They saw only the next step and then the next. They didn't know where they were going, where this cloud would lead or when, but they knew he was there right in front, leading the way. We're in the same boat today, more or less. We follow God through a haze, blown away by glimpses of his presence, but longing for more than a glimpse, for something solid. The life of faith demands surrender, for none of us knows what's coming. We can never see where the future will take us, only that he's here before us. This mystery both enchants and terrifies. If we could, we'd wrestle God into a formula, something we could own and argue and control. And yet something powerful comes to life deep within us when we stop wrestling and rest in his presence and remain there, abiding day in and day out. It didn't take the Hebrews long to tire of living in mystery. Maybe they didn't tire exactly. Maybe none of us can stay on a straight line for long when we can't see where we're going. So when Moses, their leader, left them behind to speak directly with Yahweh, when he was enveloped by the cloud for 40 days and 40 nights, well, I can see how they lost their way. That's a long time to be left alone in the wilderness. I can imagine how their confidence crumbled, how doubt turned to anxiety and blossomed into panic, because it happens to me all the time. My own faith goes stale like wilderness manna, and I'm desperate for something, anything, solid, tangible, knowable. Sometimes even bad news goes down easier than unknowing. We love to ridicule these ancient folks for their faithlessness, but honestly, I don't have a stone to throw. I doubt I would have followed a cloud into the wilderness in the first place. So 
Count me among the Israelites, throwing gold jewelry at Aaron to fashion me an idol. A statue may be dead and loveless, but it is solid and certain and can be controlled, even mastered. An idol won't ask me to follow blindly when it moves into the desert and then rest contentedly when it comes to a stop. No questions asked or answered. But a statue cannot tenderly provide, will not rejoice over you with singing. So there's a trade-off here. A living God can love and be loved, can know and be known, but not controlled. A living God must be worshipped, surrendered to. So we must choose. Which life do we want? The truth is that we are shrouded, every one of us bewildered, concealed, tangled, encompassed. No peeking ahead into the future, only the next step and faith in his presence. We so easily become disoriented. Everything, everything depends on whether we can trust the one who is with us and before us. That'll preach. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Life of faith demands surrender. That was one of your just beautifully wrought phrases that rang through my head all summer long. Life of faith demands surrender. It's so hard to let go, but that's where God is. Right? God yeah. is on the other side of the letting go. And I know this pandemic is not your first brush with uncertainty. You've shared a little bit on social media about you went through something last year that that stripped away a lot of your your control as well. Are you willing to share a little bit about, whoop, you broke up. You're back. Um, I'm going to edit that out. (laughs) Are you, are you willing to share with us a little bit about what you went through last year and the lessons God had for you in your, your pre-pandemic, your pre-pandemic season? Uh, Yes, I would be happy to. Um, About a year ago, it was actually about a year from when we shut everything down this year. Um, In February of 2019, I was on vacation with my husband and we were hiking and I fell and I suffered what turned out to be a really major concussion. Um, We were expecting that I would be um, down for the count for a couple of days or weeks, but it wasn't until September that I was able to start driving again. Um, And for most of that time, I was unable to read look at a computer or a screen of any kind. So I spent mostly from February to September um, not able to go anywhere. I couldn't be around people at all. I couldn't go to church or restaurants. Um, I couldn't even watch television uh, or read a book. So it was a, it was a uh, quite a season of wilderness with a lot of unknowns. Um, Yes, it was, it was very similar to now now in a lot of ways um, but it was a private suffering whereas Mm. this one is everyone around the globe is joining in Mm. on it does that make it easier or harder Mm. or both uh I mean if I had to choose one I would choose the other for sure uh Mm. there's so many people hurting right now so many people dying um but the the concussion recovery was incredibly lonely. Mm-hmm. I was in very isolated. Um, there was a couple of weeks actually where I couldn't really feel feelings or think thoughts, which is hard to explain how I was even had an awareness of that. But it was as though portions of my brain had been kind of roped off and I could come to the edge of the rope and I couldn't go through. Um, 
And it's, you know, you always think to yourself, well, you know, I, I might not have the money that I want, or I might not have the job that I want, but I have what is inside of me, you know, but I, I didn't have what was inside of me. And that was terrifying. Yeah. Who are you if you're not yourself anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I finally uh, became able to go and be around people again this past fall. And now, <laughs> now I'm back home again. So you had a practice run at, I this, did, whole, yes. at this whole yep. thing. So you're about six months ahead of the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing part of your story. And thank you for sharing that excerpt from your book. That was from All Shall Be Well. And Catherine's also written a book called Long Days of Small Things. I... I started work on my book, Almost Holy Mama, because there were no books talking to young parents about spiritual practices. And then a couple of days after I sent in my manuscript, Catherine's book was published. And I was like, here it is. This is amazing. So our books are friends. Um, but I highly, highly recommend both of them. They are, they are wonderful reads. And I have copies of both. If you want, I will put them at the end of my driveway and you can come and pick them up without <laughs> touching anybody. But they are wonderful. You'll want to underline, underline your own for sure. Um, and Catherine chose a psalm to read for us today. Oh, before our psalm, I almost forgot. We choose a different group of people to pray for on the podcast. And Catherine had someone special in mind that she wanted to pray for this, this morning. Yeah, my understanding is that you all are praying for different groups of people, and uh, the group of people that I'm praying for every day is is the children that are going through this time. In a way, I think we overlook sometimes how much this is forming them because uh, we are experiencing it and we are struggling through it, but they are being formed by it in a way that we aren't. And um, I do pray that that they, this whole generation, the Gen Zs, will grow to be more empathetic because they have suffered along with all living creatures simultaneously mm-hmm. and more generous and giving because they have experienced going without and that this will be a time where God plants seeds in them that will continue to bear fruit throughout their lives. And, and God's comfort as they are losing so many things and have even less control and access to information than even we do. Yeah. My husband and I were realizing that we try not to consume constant streams of news because it makes us feel unmoored, <laughs> but <laughs> our kids aren't consuming any of that. So they depend mm-hmm. on us for every little piece of you know, they, they don't know. And they also don't know that this has never happened before. Right. It's a great seven years from now. Do we shut the world down again? Like, this is not normal. This is not something we've done before. We're all learning as we go. So our invitation for all of you listening this morning is to pray for any children, you know, pray for the children of our community, of our country, of our world, pray for your own kids and grandkids, pray for Catherine's kids, pray for my kids. Goodness knows they all need it. Um, But just to pray for the kids in our midst. And as you are at home, when you're looking out your windows, when you see kids walk by, when you see kids out on their scooters or looking a little stir crazy, say a prayer for them, whether you know their names or not, God knows who they are. So our kids... I love the way you phrased that. Our kids are being formed by this in a way that that we aren't. We're being formed by it too. But when you're three or seven or 10, mm-hmm. these are deeply formative years. And um, yes. yeah, it's going to be something they look back on and it will be interesting to hear the stories they tell. Mm-hmm. It sure will. <laughs> Remember when my mom got this eye twitch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
So Catherine also has a psalm to share with us. Catherine, what's the psalm you've chosen? I would love to share Psalm 130. What is it about Psalm 130 that rings true to you today? Um, These words, which I will read, I believe, um, says, I will wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. It says, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, hear my voice. And these are words that have echoed through my mind during this season of trouble and seasons of trouble in the past. We are in the depths and we are crying out for the Lord and we will wait. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier in the podcast, um, these seasons of desperation, we are like toddlers saying, okay, mom, you can go and whatever, but I'm going to sit here and holler <laughs> until you come back. And that's where we're at right now. And unfortunately, God is a loving parent who mm. is running down the road to meet us. We don't actually have to wait very long. Mm. That's a good word. All right. Well, read on. Okay. Psalm 130. Out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord. Oh, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord, more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. God himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. I'm Presbyterian. That's what we do. (laughs) I was about to say it myself. All right. All right. Liturgy. No, No, I saw that look in your eye. Like, can I say it? You can say it. Oh, Catherine, thank you so much. Catherine and I were supposed to spend last weekend at the Festival of Faith and Writing in Grand Rapids. It only happens every two years. We were both looking forward to actually hugging each other in person back when that was allowed. Yes. But it's great to see your face and meet you virtually. And I look forward to the day we meet in person. Thank you so much, Pastor Courtney. It's been great to be with you this morning. Thank you for writing those books. They've been a deep, deep encouragement to me. And I know they'll be an encouragement to our people as well. I pray that they will be. Praise Write more. Write more. <laughs> if my kids can go back to school, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. We will pray for that. Well, friends, thank you for joining us this morning on the PCOM Daily Prayer Podcast. It has been so good to be with you. And we will be with you again tomorrow morning. And until then, take care, be well, and God bless. Thank you.